it's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted, independent, American Standard Air dealer. Owner Chris Wedekin sells the ductless Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, which is a great option to heat and cool individual spaces while blending into the decor. If you want your poker room to be dressed up, you could take a vinyl wrap and put on these. If you like the more modern look, they have styles in black, silver, and pearl white that would be more aesthetically pleasing for your rooms. Find out more at absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted, independent, American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And Casey, remember yesterday mm-hmm. we talked all about the governor, had his big uh, announcement of his priorities. Yeah, the on, pork tenderloin yes. sandwich. Oh, yes, it was all sorts of pressing issues. No <laughs> real anything on helping you with your property taxes, which yeah. are, as we talked with Abdul earlier, about to skyrocket, and we've laid that out for you. However, he did have plans to spend all sorts of your money, including about $160 million. And as we said, let's go ahead and multiply that by 10 because it'll never stop. So at least a billion dollars of your hard-earned money to give people free textbooks. Mm-hmm. And we had our opinion on that, but when we when it comes to education, we go to the expert. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. The one and only Tony Kennett. How are you, my friend? A very fine January 6th to both of you. <laughs> Now, uh, where are we plugging you these days? Because you are a whole bunch of different places, and when it comes to education issues, you are the best in the business. What are you doing now? What do we plug when we say you? Uh, I am an investigative columnist over at the Daily Signal, and uh, currently I'm spearheading a series of reports that basically kind of disprove the notion that just because it's a red safe, it must be safe for education, and that's uh, (laughs) hogwash. TheDailySignal.com, is that the website? Just DailySignal.com. That's where you go. Okay, so let's talk about these textbooks. We yesterday had all sorts of concerns about the governor. uh, Well, number one, having really no answer or care whatsoever about your skyrocketing property taxes. But this plan to give everybody free textbooks, you're the expert. What say you? Uh, Well, there are two big things wrong with that. Number one, textbook sales are a scam. The large companies that have had an iron grip over the market are not going to lower their prices when the state of Indiana tells them, hey, we're going to give you all of the money in the world up front so that you can continue to feed this garbage, undercooked mess to kids. That's problem number one. Number two is that this is an incredibly incompetent way of spending education dollars. Everyone likes to talk about how Indiana's school choice program is so advanced and and so wonderful, proprietary, whereas in reality, it would make far more sense instead of a voucher system that you can only spend on tuition to have an education savings account that a parent could spend on whatever they want. If they want to spend it on tuition, cool. If they want to spend it on textbooks, excellent. So those are my two primary concerns, and I have some secondary and tertiary ones for kicks and giggles. Well, Tony Kennett is our guest. You can find him at DailySignal.com, one of the best education reporters and investigators in the business. So this is what we talked about yesterday that there is no accountability if you put the state in charge of this just like everything else government touches and is in charge of these textbook companies then just become you know potentially mega donors to campaigns the governor the state house the school boards and it's not going to make anything any cheaper because you've taken any sort of parental or citizen involvement out of it yeah and also coming from one of the individuals who was repeatedly uh 
I would say, attempted to be bribed by these companies. I mean, when Houston Mifflin would roll into town, I'm not joking. I, when Houston Mifflin would roll into town, and I was at Indianapolis Public Schools in charge of deciding what science textbooks we would use the next year, they would treat me like a king. They would reach out to me. They would say, let's take you out to St. Elmo's. Let's do everything shy of buying you a car. And I am not being facetious. Every one of these textbook companies is incredibly dirty. They try their hardest to make sure that you feel fluffed and pampered so that they can bribe you into buying their book for your district because that means millions of dollars for them. Now I'm expected to believe they're going to be full of integrity when they do stuff on a scale so much larger with Indiana legislators. Give me a break. And for that matter, by the way, what business does Indiana have deciding what textbooks are and aren't worthy of being paid for? Because you know that's where we're headed. Tony Kennett is our guest. The Daily Signal, DailySignal.com is the website. Casey. Tony, what do you say about the detractors that say other states do this? Uh, Indiana's one of, what, seven states in the country that doesn't currently pay for students' textbooks? Uh, I really don't like hearing the argument that just because someone else is doing something, we should also be doing something. Uh, I don't think that that's ever been a really good argument at any time in history for anything. That sounds like you're more interested in the status quo than what works for students or their families. As I've said before, I think that education savings accounts, wherein parents are allowed to spend certain dollars from their taxes on whatever regarding their kids' education, is a far better allocation of resources than Indiana writing a blank check. Uh, The other argument I hear from people, and some of these people who are, I would say, conservative, they say, well, the Indiana Constitution guarantees you a right to free education. And I would think that unlimited textbooks is not part of a guaranteed education in the state of Indiana. You're the expert. What say you? Well, I I agree that textbook fees are ridiculous. Where that sentiment is coming from, that Indiana you know, promises to provide an education, that is true. There are elements of education that we do and don't provide. Part of that comes from education becoming a bloated mess. And to my response to them would be, why are you in response trying to increase the size of the bureaucracy rather than to reduce the size of the bureaucracy that's causing this problem in the first place? Textbooks are not the same as they were when a lot of these detractors were back in grade school. Now they are paid subscription models, a lot like Netflix, that have to be renewed with fees and all other kinds of nonsense that contain about as much nutrition as a three-day-old Subway sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Kennett is our guest. DailySignal.com is the website. We're talking about uh, the plan by the governor to give free textbooks to everyone in the state of Indiana. Casey. Now, Tony, uh, I remember when my daughter was in school, middle school and high school, they gave out Chromebooks and a lot of the textbooks came online. Is this something you think that they'll look at? Is this in the stew of free textbooks? Uh, I mean, as far like devices for reading the textbooks, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Th- those are classified technically as infrastructure of the school, at least so far. This isn't a legislative thing. It's more of a precedent thing. Uh, but in this case, 
Whereas uh, several years ago, textbooks would also come with a PDF version of mm-hmm. the textbook to read on the computer. That's actually starting to become a thing of the past because now instead of that, that PDF, that one file that's just the book but digital, now it's like this weird Netflix subscription model where you have to buy things part and piece like you're buying different cable TV channels. It's, it's quite insidious. Uh, two questions before I let you go. Number one, this seems like the most stupid idea ever which means the Republican Party in Indiana will probably be all over it and go for it hook, line, and sinker. What do you think? I want to be very clear here. Governor Holcomb knows absolutely nothing about education. (laughs) Nothing. He has never once reached out to anyone on the right side of the aisle on anything regarding education policy. He hosts the Indiana State Teachers Association over to his house, his governor's residence for dinner. He does not care about any function of decent public education. He only cares about his public image, and he thinks that the best way to accomplish that is giving the teachers unions what they want every couple of months to quiet them down. He is feckless. He is cowardly. He has no idea what he's doing, and neither does his staff. Yes! Was that approval enough for you, Tony? I, I just that was marvelous. I mean, I may just Casey, I may actually cut that, and we may make that a reoccurring clip mm-hmm. on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick before I let you go, I would like you to piggyback on that. Why is it that when the governor knows and the Republicans in this state know there is a looming property tax crisis, which if the goal is to help, as he said, you know, middle class and hardworking Hoosiers or whatever phraseology he used, that would actually do far more good. Why is it they won't address that? They won't touch that with the 10-foot pole, but when it comes to giving out free stuff, they can't do it fast enough. Because in Indiana, Republicans are far more concerned with the optics of the suburban women vote, which is going to be much more swayed by textbooks, according Mm -hmm. to metrics, if you look at the data over the last 10 years, than they are concerned by the votes and by the economy that is going to be affected by a large property tax increase. It's all about optics. It's very little about the constituent. It's what the Better Business Bureau thinks looks really great, not what is going to bring our states to its knees in economic fashion. Tony, one last question. You mentioned the education savings account. Do you think that is the best way to spend money on education? Yes, if the state's going to do so, then it should be to give every single parent a certain amount of money per year per child back from their taxes and then say, you can spend this on whatever you want if you think it furthers your kid's education. That's it. The one and only Tony Kiddit. You can find him at DailySignal.com. He never disappoints, and uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Hey, thanks, guys. You take care. You're listening to Kennel and Casey on 93 WIBC. I've seen you smiling in the summer sun. Yeah. This was a request from Casey. Oh. So put a smile on your face and act like you like it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Someday, lady, you'll accompany me. 19 minutes after 10, this is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Let's take a look at some trending stories. Tailgating will not be allowed at the SoFi Stadium for the Georgia TCU National Championship game. Not going to be able to get your uh, grill out there if you plan on going. Okay, so it's Georgia against Mm -hmm. TCU, and we can talk about this with Hammer when he comes in because Hammer and I were texting back and forth about this last night. Nigel was in our thread but not participating. Um, (laughs) Do we? It's Georgia and TCU in the championship game. Mm -hmm. Do we think generic Georgia guy and generic Texas guy are going to go to? Are going to? Well, they're going to abide by. 
they're going to be aware of and fully compliant of the no tailgating rules. And how do we think that's going to go down when somebody has to enforce said rules <laughs> to generic Georgia or Texas? Do man? you think this is just a soft suggestion? There's no tailgating. Well, I mean, it's a rule, whether it's enforced, as we all know, around here and various other, many other places. The rules, just because there's rules doesn't mean they're enforced. So Mm -hmm. who knows? Why would you have a national championship game in a place that is so uptight they will not allow you to tailgate? That is one of the great parts of college football is tailgating. Yeah, absolutely. But they're going to be also in a city where you can go shoot up heroin, and that's okay. But whatever you do, don't have that cooler of beer. Yeah, if you want to tailgate, you head down there with the homeless people. Just right. a couple blocks that away. Yeah, exactly. Also trending, Delta, trying to get people flying again. They will start offering free in-flight Wi-Fi on February 1st. And also trending, the oldest person in the U.S. has passed away at 115 years old. Imagine this. This woman lived through 21 presidents. Uh-huh. The Spanish, the Spanish flu. Yep. The Roaring Twenties, two yep. world wars, the Great Depression, the mm-hmm. Vietnam War, yep. Iraq War, Cold War, and a pandemic. So she was 115. Mm-hmm. She'd have been born in 19 or I'm sorry, yeah, 1907. Is that right? Well, I didn't do the math on. I think, what 115 backwards from 2022, <laughs> unless she just had a birthday. Mm-hmm. So it'd be 1907. She said the success to a long life is hard work. And sweets. We have played this game before, and I don't remember what the answer was. So we'll bring Kevin in on this too. The I don't know what the average life expectancy is. I think men and women are obviously different. Seventies of some sort, isn't it? Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody offered you eighty-five. I'm going to give you 85 years and you can, it's like a deal or no deal, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can take the briefcase or you, or you can take the deal or you can open the briefcase. If I offered you 85 years and we'll even say 85 healthy years yeah, that's and the then key. maybe you get hit by a bus at 85, I don't know, but you get 85 healthy years. You taking that or are you playing the rest of the game? You open in the briefcase. What are you doing? Well, what do you mean you open in the briefcase? I mean, I'm saying you could live 95 years. You could live 115 years. Oh. You could also live 60 years. You know, it's just like deal or no deal. I think 85 is a pretty good uh, Yeah, lifespan. or just just the guarantee of healthy until 85. Yeah. yeah, I think I would take that. I mean, you could live the Kevin McNamara, Uno Gold rock and roll lifestyle for 85 years. Mm-hmm. But you know, at 85, you're done. <laughs> Your time is up. Yeah, that's it. You taking that? Yeah, I think that's a pretty, really? pretty good deal. You'd let them come get you at 85. <laughs> I. You're going to, you want to go for it. Oh, I'm far too. I'm far too valuable to risk society missing a second uh-huh. of my charm, charisma, mm-hmm. general all around brilliance. Um, and I think I'll live past 85, knock on wood, just out of spite. Uh, and I'll still be coming to the state house screaming at politicians. I have no doubt that you would actually do that. Do it out of spite. Okay, let's talk about some more football. Are you doing it for your family? No, I'm doing it because I hate the politicians. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin, has begun to communicate in writing with his family and others. And he's, you know, when he, when he first uh, started speaking, with the doctors, his very first question was, did we win? And his doctors answered, yes, Damar, you won. You've won the game of life. So isn't it interesting, and I guess it's probably taboo to even address this, but I heard Tony do it this morning, so if if I'm going to get fired, he's going to get fired too. Okay. Isn't it interesting that they just straight canceled the game, and yet 
the game was so important to the guy that was so important to everyone that they canceled the game. Basically, the first thing he said when he awoke from a near-death experience was, did we win the game? Did we win? I think sometimes we lose track of what would the person who is being afflicted want. Mm. Clearly to this guy, mm-hmm. the game yeah. was the thing. And let me make it abundantly clear. Whenever whatever politician or hired gun from a politician finally takes me out and I end up floating down the Monon, do not cancel this radio show. <laughs> you keep it going. And you keep it going with someone who is far more right-wing and extreme than I was. You must teach them a lesson, Casey. Not do not give in. Out of spite. Well, I think part of that has to do with the fact that that was the last thing on his mind before he had the cardiac arrest. So that when he woke up, that's where he went. Back to the game. Having never had a near-death experience, I wonder... In a case of something like that, do you know or even remember that you have had a near-death experience? Or Mm -hmm. is it just like if you go to the surgeon, Mm -hmm. you go to sleep, and then you wake up, Mm -hmm. and you don't remember the the thing that, that, you know, anything in between... So you have you do have to wonder that it, it, it is what is the last thing he was aware of? You know, mm-hmm. what that that would be fascinating. Yeah, did he know about the he knew about the hit and then passing out and that was still fresh on his mind. He remains uh, in critical condition and in the hospital's intensive care unit, but he is waking up and it appears that his neurological function is intact, which is good news. The doctors are crediting the medical team on the field for getting his heart beating again within 60 seconds. Tony Katz is here again. What's going on? Why is he here, here again? Is his house still inhabitable? It's twice, twice I, in one I, week. I notice he doesn't get here in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, by the way, Bill in the YouTube chat, Rob has a note in his house explaining if something happens uh, to me, you should investigate the following. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a list and it will be <laughs> one of the people on the list. <laughs> no, Kevin and I aren't on that list. But let's talk about Joe Biden. He was asked if he thought the NFL was getting too dangerous. And as you might expect, he gave a really super deep, well thought out response. Do you think the NFL is getting too dangerous? No, look. The idea that you're going to have. You got guys that are 6'8", 340 pounds, running uh, 4'8", 40. I mean, you know, uh, you, you hit somebody with that kind of force. Now, that's not what happened here. But I, I just think it's, uh, I don't know how you avoid it. So this is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, if we were to put the job description out, should be amongst the most learned people well-versed, articulate people in our society as he is the leader of the country. Mm -hmm. And the best he could come up with on a question about the dangers of the NFL is you got a bunch of 6'8", 340-pound guys running 4'8", 40s. Oh, I guess they didn't really have anything to do with this. I don't know. Well, he is an expert. You know, he played football, and his grandpa was an (laughs) All-American. What? You remember that? that? Here's the reality, and people may not want to hear this, but here's the truth. And they have attempted to legislate violence out of football, and it has dramatically changed football, and in many cases, not for the better. 
the NFL, the National Football League, college football, high school football, football, peewee football, junior high football, football by its very nature is a violent game. You are always at risk that something like this or something similar to this could happen. Mm -hmm. If you don't desire to to agree that the that football by its very nature is a violent contest then you need to just ban football as a sport because you cannot have football without there being a certain level or degree of violence inside of the game yeah biden said that he spoke at length with hamlin's parents and this was when he was in cincinnati he was there discussing this brent spence bridge project but he pretty much did admit in his own way that yes the sport is dangerous We've got your phone calls coming up next, 317-684-8444. That's our phone number if you'd like to contribute. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Good morning, 1034. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC, 317-684-8444. That's our phone number. Are you done looking at the menu at Kilroy's well, I was just, to participate I'm, in the I was radio just trying program? To figure, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to do something nice for Kevin in the new year, and I thought mm-hmm. we might switch up our mentorship uh, lunch one of these days. And so I just got down the rabbit hole of drink specials at these various uh, various mm-hmm. places. Well, it's, it's not about the location. It's about the lessons that, yeah. we, that I learned. Well, and now, since Kevin... Kevin yesterday waltzed in here in big time and said, no mentorship today. Yeah. I feel like I really got to step up my game. Maybe he's gotten bored Mm -hmm. with our (laughs) usual excursion. Maybe he's not using your advice. Did you have your, (laughs) did you have your Zoom call, by the way? Yeah. Was it good? You get it all worked out? This is with uh, some German friend, right? He's, uh, he's from Luxembourg. He lives over in Luxembourg. Does he speak English? Yeah, he speaks English. He speaks German, speaks a few languages. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, we did the, uh, mixing session. Uh Um, mixing an ep that will be coming out in the next month or two that's extended play right yep extended play Do they even, does that even matter anymore if since there are no things well, to play it on i mean there's I, no like, like there's no records anymore so for we, the most part we call it an ep but anytime someone says that they're going to release an ep now yeah. they're actually just going to release a bunch of singles ah. so that you can get a lot of streams on each yeah, song because okay. people aren't really sitting down and listening to a whole that EP. makes sense yeah okay i think uh, rob gave you the best advice of all earlier today you need to get the band on youtube yeah absolutely you need to do it yeah, you need do to do live, it well we're on youtube but you mean like a live stream like a concert. live concert yep. you maybe we do it from the balcony here at uh that, ms that's what i'm thinking the ms balcony mm-hmm. we'll yeah. do a little balcony show yeah, location maybe for mr smolian's birthday i don't know when that is since he still owns this building sure, really appreciate maybe that as a uh, gift solvent hardware can sponsor it or something <laughs> perfect i like that um okay so we did get quite a few phone calls yeah. yesterday mm-hmm. i issued a challenge after uh, lockdown mcgee came out with his proposals for 2023 to spend billions of new dollars on all sorts of expanded government programs and democrat wish lists mm-hmm. uh I said, if you voted for this guy, please call our hotline and explain where you were at then and where you're at now. And I'll be darned, somebody took us up on the offer. Yes, in response to the question, did you vote for Holcomb? Uh, My name is Cindy. I'm from Greenwood. And yes, I voted for Holcomb. And how I feel about that? I feel like Clark Griswold in the National Lampoon's Vacation movie. I ordered an Antarctic Blue Super Sports wagon, and I got a pea green uh, 
family <laughs> truckster, I believe was what it was called. That's how I feel, and I can't take it back. <laughs> Thanks. Love the show. Another dissatisfied customer. Yeah, I would say she was very honest about her uh, electoral choices. But this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't learn from it, and my follow-up to that question to that woman would be, what have you learned from it and what have you done differently since? Mm-hmm. Because if you rolled out and voted for Todd Young, you haven't learned anything from it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to just learn, if you're just going to roll out and vote for whatever disastrous Republican candidate who is the governor nominee, uh, then what... You know, so I would be very curious to know for people who have those regrets, how has their behavior changed? Because clearly, Eric Holcomb is a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Everything he does, if you took away who the person, the name of the person, and you just stopped someone on the street and you gave them the list of Eric Holcomb's tenure as governor, massive tax increases, mask mandates, mm-hmm. shutting down businesses, uh, you know, having VIP meet and greets with domestic terrorists, uh, f- climate change, massive government-run health programs. Jetting off to Davos, Switzerland, the, uh, meeting with the World Economic Forum. Dining and dancing with the teachers union. I mean, mm-hmm. you would say this person is a radical leftist Democrat, and yet the Republican Party in this state still continues to be completely sub- subservient to the guy. Speaking of being subservient to mm-hmm. Eric Holcomb, mm-hmm. uh, we have not heard mm-hmm. anything from old silent Suzanne Who's in a while. running for governor. And we were told she was going to be super conservative. Mm-hmm. And we were told she was going to find the strength of 10 conservatives plus two. And she was going to be the reincarnation of Reagan. And yet, not a peep from silent Suzanne as Holcomb rolled out the other day his radical left agenda with all sorts of government growth and government expenditures and Democrat wish lists. And somebody pointed that out. Since Her- Eric Holcomb is so concentrated on his pork sandwich, <laughs> the lieutenant governor better step up if she's got any backbone and address these issues with the property taxes. Because her future political career, if she doesn't step up, will be gone. Mm. Well, where where is she? I mean, this is I, the- I haven't heard a peep from her, and I just I just Googled her really quick to see if she's popping up on any news stories, mm-hmm. and the last one was from 22 days ago. Uh, okay, Mike Braun is announcing a big haul for fundraising, but nothing about her. Well, so she, I think, was the leader in fundraising, but your money's not going to matter if you are attached at the hip to Eric Holcomb, which Suzanne Crouch has been for six years. Mm -hmm. She cannot be the governor. She cannot be the Republican nominee for governor. We cannot have another eight years, which is what it will be. It will be a de facto eight years of Eric Holcomb. Just an extension of of him. And she can lie and she can say whatever she wants. She's had six years to prove it. She has stood by his side. She has been a cheerleader for him. Another opportunity to do something about it? Absolutely nothing. She, if you are a Republican primary voter, you cannot buy into her bullcrap because she has had infinite opportunities to separate her from mm-hmm. herself from Eric Holcomb, and she will not do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a call about uh, Victoria Sparts and some people uh, Present. Expre- yes, expressing Sorry. their displeasure over her... Um, over her little stunt yesterday. Victoria Sparks was just on talking about what they need to do about electing, you know, the speaker. If anybody listened to that, 
No offense, but she's the exact reason we are in the predicament we're in. She says a whole bunch of words and sentences and really says nothing. You ask her a question, which is like a kind of a, to me, it's yes or no. She doesn't even explain her answer. She just keeps on rambling on about how she went to both parties. She went to both parties. She went to both parties. And in good faith. And in the day of the truth, and to tell you the truth, and to tell you the truth, when someone keeps telling me that, I'm not believing them anyway. So why do you keep telling us that you're telling us the truth? Why do you got to tell us that? I mean, my land. I mean, that's the sole reason we're in this predicament is for people like her. Hard to argue. Do you think that she's trying to be a peacemaker? No. I think she is or a... Per- she, she, no. I think she is a person, as is that total coward Jim Banks, who recognize what happened to Marlon Stutzman in 2016. And Marlon Stutzman was on his way to being a U.S. senator when he got on the wrong side of Mitch McConnell and magically Eric Holcomb went from dead last in a U.S. Senate primary, stealing votes from Todd Young to being a lieutenant governor and governor in the same year. And then a cavalcade of Mitch McConnell money came down. Boy, that was a donor and lobbyist Christmas miracle how that worked out. Those people recognize what Mitch McConnell will do to people that get on the wrong side of Mitch McConnell. And both Victoria Sparts Mm -hmm. and Jim Banks. And look, if you're a political animal, which those people are, and you don't and you care about your own power and your own self-betterment more than the people, which the overwhelming majority of those politicians do then you are going to go and you are going to be subservient or try to thread a needle to appease that which you fear the most. And this is the fault of us. Victoria Sparts and Jim Banks fear Mitch McConnell and his money in a Republican primary way more than they fear you. So what she tried to do, at least Banks is just saying it openly. Uh, Establishment stooge servant, here I come. Mm -hmm. At least he's staying behind McCarthy. She's trying to play both sides. She, She is pathetic. Her stupid Facebook ads asking a a survey on the Second Amendment, pathetic. She's done nothing while she's been there. She couldn't get out of the state Senate fast enough, even though she was only there for about nine seconds. These people, what a terrible, what a terrible set of representation we've had here in Indiana over the past three days. Pathetic. Well, and now McCarthy's getting a nice dose of humility, which is a good thing. Jim Banks right now. If Jim Banks cared about you more than his political career, he could sway this thing. If he came out this morning and said, you know what? I've had enough of this. I've stood behind this guy. I've done everything I could to try to be a team player. It is clear that Kevin McCarthy does not represent uh, millions and millions of Americans. He will not be able to unite the Republican Party. Many, many constituents in Indiana, the majority of constituents in Indiana, do not want Kevin McCarthy Mm -hmm. calling the shots. I'm out. He could sway it single-handedly. He won't because he's in it for himself more than he's in it for you. I am so disappointed with Jim Banks this week. I was actually optimistic that I would finally be able to vote for a Republican, Casey. Mm -hmm. I was quasi looking for that if Jim Banks was the running in a Republican primary and was the Republican nominee, there would finally be one I could look forward to. But when the chips are down, these people show you who they are. Well, McCarthy vowed that he would fight to the finish for the speaker's job. And we'll find out in an hour and 15 minutes when they gather again to see if they struck any deals. There is a lot of rumor going around now that they did. So we'll see what happens. But this all this signifies that there are two factions now 
in the Republican Party. And Donald Trump even teased at some point, maybe he'll run as an independent. Is that's what is that what is going to happen? There are there there is there are two factions in society and it's not a Republican thing. It's us versus them. And people need to realize it's not Republican versus Democrat. It's not conservative versus establishment Republican. It is us versus them. They are not on your side. And how many times does it have to be thrown right in your face that these guys, Jim Banks, Victoria Sparks, Larry Bouchon, Jim Baird, professional office hopper, Aaron Houchin, Rudy Yakum, I think there's one I'm missing. They are all on the side of the establishment over you, and they have every opportunity. Any one of those individuals would have a huge opportunity to make a difference, and they're choosing not to do it. Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's go. Joining the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That's how we bring in a Friday. I love tequila. Tequila is my go-to booze. Is it? Like other than beer, of course. Like if I'm going hard liquor, Mm -hmm. some people are whiskey, some people are bourbon. I love a good cold shot of tequila. You like to do shots or you like that in a drink, like a margarita? A little bit of both. Okay. Like I'll do a good shot. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say the good stuff, I'm not talking about what I used to drink when I was 21 at Ball State. <laughs> the big plastic <laughs> yellow jug that you would get from like Osco. Does anybody remember that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like some good hiatus tequila yeah. or some Lunazole tequila. Yeah. Put it in the freezer because it doesn't freeze up. Right. Just get it nice and cold. It just goes down smooth. Now, remember that wedding we did? This was probably, I don't know, year and a half, two years ago, where the dad <laughs> kept bringing us shots of tequila. And this is like in the middle of the wedding. And it was like, we are trying to work at your daughter's wedding, sir. And this guy was awesome. But every time he'd come up like every two songs, uh-huh. you guys need another shot. And finally, even Hammer and I were like, no, we don't. Sir, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> One of us has to drive home, sir. But yeah, man, it's so good. Anytime I hear the song Tequila, um, two things come to mind. Number one, I want a shot. And number two, Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the order <laughs> that it should be. So you wanted to talk about uh, Damar, the Buffalo Bills player, right? Yeah, and Damar Hamlin. Yeah, how um, they removed the breathing tube right. from him. And according to the uh, reports that we're hearing from the Bills beat reporters, he's FaceTiming with his teammates now, which is amazing mm-hmm. because it sounds like this guy did not have a beating heart on the field at some point on Monday night. And now here he is, thanks to the miracle of modern medicine, he's able to communicate with his teammates again, breathing on his own. Now, earlier in the week... I was uh, listening to a lot of coverage because, again, I was off on Monday when this happened, and uh, I was off on Tuesday. I came back Wednesday. Yeah, you left your wife at home while you and your kids went on vacation. Yes, I did. <laughs> Best thing that happened to me. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I heard you guys talking about how good of a job the announcers did and things like that, and and that's fine. But I keep hearing that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe Buck. Oh, Scott Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. They did such a great job. Mm-hmm. They did do a good job. I'm not saying that they didn't. But it's such a media move for the media to praise these people 
over and over and over again. Nobody knows the name of the person that actually gave CPR yeah, that's on good the point, field. Right? Yeah. Nobody knows the name of the ambulance driver who backed that son of a bitch in like a boss <laughs> and took off to the hospital. That guy probably makes the least amount of money of anybody on that field. Mm-hmm. And these were the real heroes of the thing. As good of a job as Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark and Joe Buck all did, it's such a media thing to fawn over the media, right? We were talking about this earlier, and Tony, like I said, Tony mentioned it on the morning show, and so I'll say it, and if, if somebody's going to get fired, I guess we both go. When he woke up, the fir- one of the first things, or the first thing he asked was mm-hmm. who won the game. Mm-hmm. So clearly on his mind... The game was a very important thing. It wasn't like I, you know, I almost died. Whatever it was, who won the game? But yet, if you had and Skip Bayless was a great example of this, if you had at all even come out and said, "Well, maybe they should have played the, stayed with and played the game," you were totally ostracized. They tried to cancel you. Whatever. If the game was that important to the player, is it that ridiculous to say? Maybe we should have continued playing the game. So I go back to what happened with IndyCar in Las Vegas with Dan Weldon's death. Now, Dan Weldon crashed and died. Now, at the time of the Buffalo Bills incident, you didn't know if this guy was going to make it or not. But I remember in that IndyCar race, none of the drivers wanted to get back out. None of them wanted to finish that race. It wasn't important to them Mm -hmm. at that point because they knew what had happened. With the football game, it was a little different. You didn't know if he was officially passed or what was going on. But I get not wanting to play that game. I totally understand. If you're Mm -hmm. a player and you think one of your teammates just died, uh, it would be tough to get back out there. And I believe it was the head coach and the quarterbacks that got together and said, no, we're, we're not doing this. If they want to fine us, fine us. But at the time, they didn't know this guy was going to make it. But the fact that you people got just totally slaughtered for even saying maybe the game should continue. Like, I thought we were a free speech society. And the premise of free speech is everybody peacefully engages in their own thoughts on things. But some people, for even asking the question, got just ripped apart. Well, you could be ripped, but as long as you're not removed from a platform or sent to jail, that's still free speech. Like, you could come out and just do a 30-minute rant on why Bill Belichick is the sexiest man alive. I'm going to (laughs) rip you and say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, some people would agree, some would disagree, but I don't think anybody, one, is being locked up, or number two, is going to be deplatformed. Uh, speaking of people who should be deplatformed, how about the entire IU men's basketball team after that uh, performance uh, in the second half yes- yesterday? 13 days to prepare for Iowa. They were off for 13 days, and they came out like gangbusters against kind of a shorthanded yeah. Iowa squad because one of the Iowa players, I believe it's the coach's son, um, is taking some time away because he's dealing with some health and anxiety issues. So Iowa was playing with the short bench. Indiana had 13 days to prepare, and they completely crapped the bed. Blew a 20-plus point lead last night. Mistake after mistake down the stretch. Meanwhile, your arch rival, Purdue, they bounce back with a gutsy, hard-nosed win against a good Ohio State team. So it, it's like Groundhog's Day yeah. if you're an Indiana yep. fan. It's the same thing. Whether it's Archie Miller, whether it's Tom Crean, whether it's Mike Woodson, this team can't get over the hump. And we were texting back and forth, and Nides let us know he was asleep. That's why he wasn't 
wasn't responding to How us. How does he go to sleep so early? He's like, I was in bed at 9.30. He doesn't get home till 7.30. <laughs> and he's in bed by 9.30. Tequila. Bum. And so we were texting back and forth. Mike Woodson, it seems like, makes a lot, a lot, a lot of suspect personnel decisions over the course of games. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to rip college kids for not performing well. I think that's kind of a D-bag move. But, man, there were some players that did not need to be on the floor late in that game last night. You had your All-American playing his heart out. You had your star freshman playing his heart out. And you couldn't give them any help whatsoever. Um, it's a mess with the Hoosiers. Just when you think, all right, they're bringing back all these guys. Great recruiting class. Preseason top 20. Here we go. I use in danger of slipping out of the AP top 25. And why do they never have anybody who can shoot the ball? It's Indiana. Thank you. Indiana and Kentucky, these two states should never have programs where you're short on shooters. Right? If there's any two states in America that should never be short on people who can shoot the basketball, it should be Indiana and Kentucky. Then when I was a kid, there was every year there was a Todd Leary guy who you may not be very good, but you can do this one thing, so you will play, and that is shoot, 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 shoot. Butler went to two straight championship games built on star players and shooters who can just fire the J. It's coming up this afternoon. Uh, Abdul's going to join us. We're going to find out if he's in or not, what's going on with his mayoral run. Talk about milking it. <laughs> it's going to be like a LeBron decision. And uh, it's Beer Sample Friday. Here we go. Wait for it. Tequila! Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.